Good morning, good evening, and good night, my terrible listeners. You're tuned in to Terrible Sex with Nassim. I'm producer Dan, and each week I have the honor of bringing you registered nurse, aspiring sex educator, polyamory enthusiast, and true woman of the people, Nassim. She tells us stories, answers our questions, and helps us feel more comfortable around our world's infinite variety of sexuality. Send your questions, your comments, and especially voice memos to Nassim. This show is best when you get involved. Contact info is on her website at terriblesexwithnassim.com. Hey, Nassim. Hey, Dan. How's it going? It's going great. I'm in a very playful mood today. Well, that sounds delightful. I'm glad to hear it. What makes you so playful? So it's kind of funny. Um, Jar, my lovely husband, who you have met. Yeah, uh, met him two weeks ago. Right yeah, here on the pod. Right here on the pod. Um, he has a new lady friend. Oh, my goodness. And that's going well. And Good. she is also married, also polyamorous. Nice. And she and I have been texting all afternoon. <laughs> oh, man. Were you sending dick pics? <laughs> no, we were talking about like just life stuff. And she's really funny. And I, I, she and I get along really well, and apparently, like he was texting with her husband as she was texting with me. So we have a very like cool kitchen table, as we call it in the poly world, a very kitchen table uh, situation dynamic happening right now. And it's so far, it's still young, but it's still uh, very fun right now, and I'm really excited for him. And it's like the first time that Jar has been seeing somebody that I don't have that initial feeling of insecurity and jealousy, which sometimes happens with me. Right. I'm a big, I unfortunately am still working through my own insecurities and oftentimes find myself playing like the comparison game, which, you know, does happen. Um, This is like the first time, like I haven't felt that way. And I've just been purely excited uh, for him and for what this new dynamic may uh, unfold into. We call that, uh, there's a word that's used in the poly community. Uh, it's called compersion. Yeah, compersion. It, Tell me what that means. Compersion is the joy that you have for seeing your partner find fulfillment and happiness elsewhere. Nice. You feeling some compersion? I'm feeling some compersion and I'm super happy for him. I'm super excited. Um, and just feeling loosey-goosey, fancy-free. <laughs> um, meanwhile, my current partner here in Chicago, he's on a date <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, uh, which, I mean, I don't know how that's going to end up. He was kind of like feeling kind of like apathetic about it. But who knows? I told him, enjoy yourself. Have a good time. Maybe this is the one. But who knows? So, um. We'll see. I'm just sort of like riding on everybody else's coattails right now. <laughs> That's a wonderful place to ride. I hope you get a good look at everybody's ass. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I, need, I need to get some more asses in my life. That's not an invitation to send me pictures of your ass, listeners. No. Um, but yeah, how are you doing, Dan? Man, I'm pretty good. I've had a pretty good week. Work is going well. I have done no projects on my house. Um, and I've been talking to another guy about maybe doing another podcast and 
I'll update you when I have a little more info on that. But really, uh, there's been some positive, uh, yeah, some positive uh, conversation around that, and we have uh, another meeting tomorrow, and I'm I'm pretty excited about that. You so we'll heard it. it goes. You heard it here first, folks. We are expanding the Terrible Podcast Network potentially. Potentially. And if you've got a good idea for a show, let me know. Yes. Yes, yes. Let us know. Um, no, that's really exciting stuff. Really stoked. Yeah, we'll Thank see you. what happens. And, 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 and all of that has to do with, uh, you know, my, my family's future travel plans, too. So, uh, right. a lot of things may be coming together. But it's been fun just thinking about possibilities and, uh, you know, doing some, doing some groundwork to see what else is possible so i'll update you when i have actual things to update you about just know i'm feeling positive and this is the way my brain likes to work good i'm glad to hear it i'm i'm feeling compersion for everybody it's a big compersion compersion (laughs) we're all in good places love to hear it so this week it's not so much terrible sex but it was a terrible idea yeah (laughs) um Dan, I'm going to tell you and the listeners about that time that I fucked my boss. Please do. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) Okay. And it wasn't just like a single fucking of my boss. It was like a months-long situationship, okay? Yeah. Okay, so (laughs) this is 2000 and... 10 the end of 2010 into 2011 wait is that right yeah we're gonna go with that so (laughs) i was living in portland oregon at the time and i was actually i was just getting out of a really messy relationship Um, clearly crawling right back into a new one (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of how I operate. That's my <laughs> modus operandi. <laughs> At least it was in my early 20s. So um, I was getting out of this really messy relationship. This is pre-marriage, it, right? Yeah. Pre-marriage. I hadn't even met Jar yet. Um, I hadn't really, I say I hadn't really dated a lot, but that's, I mean, it's true. I was going from one crappy situation to another, but I wasn't really dating. I wasn't the type of person who like, like I, Tinder wasn't a thing back then. I wasn't like going on multiple dates with multiple people and seeing what worked. It was like somebody fell into my lap and I just ran with it. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how all my relationships were back then. So anyway, I had just gotten out of this really fucked up relationship, which I can tell another story about at another time. Um, and I was working as an in-home health aide. Uh, for adults with developmental disabilities. Okay. And I did overnight shift at this one woman's house, and she had like a severe uh, emotional and cognitive delay. And long story short, because I don't want to give too much about that situation up, but uh, I was attacked in the middle of the night. Okay. And so I had to go to the ER, um, and the next day I um, like, so I had just broken up. I I had this attack. I was in the ER. Um, I had broken up with the guy I was seeing like that same day. Practically it was like all happening on the same weekend. 
So I'm like recovering <laughs> from my wounds and um, my boss calls me and he's like, hey, I have another client. We're going on this road trip together. Um, do you want to tag along? And I'm like, okay, that sounds fine. I kind of just want to sit in my hole and recover, but maybe getting out of the house will be good for me. I don't know. So I join him on what I presume to be a work trip. And we go with our client. And now this wasn't my client. This was like someone he was uh, supervising. But, you know, we were, it was a very like low key kind of agency. I mean, we followed all like the state regulatory laws and everything like that. But um, we would often like take care of other clients if like somebody wasn't available and things like that. So I tag along and I knew who this client was. Um, And I think we like went to the beach or something, had like a road trip, got lunch, whatever. And it was a long day. We get back, drop the client off. And my boss is like, do you want to uh, get dinner? And I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? And I'm still just out of it. (laughs) Um, And heartbroken and in a lot of pain, (laughs) both emotionally and physically. And, uh, and then he offers to drive me home after we get some food and we start. How was dinner? Fine. Like kind of awkward because I felt like, like he's my boss. Um, but I had always kind of gotten this impression from previous interactions that maybe there was a level of attraction like I wasn't necessarily attracted to him but I got the impression impression that like he was interested in me in some way okay and I think part of that was cultural too because he was an immigrant um and a Muslim and I think that there was some level of um oh well here's a (laughs) second gen uh, a Muslim by proxy girl. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Maybe like some connection can be made here. I think that I represented some level of um, comfort to him just by the nature of my existence um, in a predominantly like white area. So, but like, so dinner was fine. I think there was some level of awkwardness because like I'm having dinner with my boss and I'm like, what is, what is this? Um, but he takes me home and nothing happened like physically that night, but we kept hanging out and then, and like outside of work. And then eventually. Where were you guys at age wise? Uh, he was 26 years older than me. Okay. So it's funny you say that because the really messy relationship that I was in prior to this was also with a man 26 years older than me. And he was single at the time? He was single, yes. Your your boss, your boss that we're talking about now. Yeah, my boss was single. He had had a, he was divorced, but he was, but he was single at the time that I knew him. And we eventually I started having dinner at his house. Like I would go to his house and then one night we're having dinner and 
I, I honestly couldn't tell you the details of that night or what happened, but we ended up having sex that night. And I remember feeling very conflicted because he's my, he's my boss. Right. <laughs> um, I'm also like incredibly lonely and he's a nice guy and he was very polite and he's like older and he's like taking care of me and like doing all of the things that like my previous relationship had like failed at miserably and I felt safe with him and he was very generous and was there a power dynamic yes because you know he's my I'm his subordinate at work right right and also like no one can know about this right not just professionally but also personally he was an elder like a person of high standing at his mosque so he had certain like religious and societal expectations to uphold and i could not be part of that so i was like <laughs> the secret girlfriend um and that's what ended up happening i ended up being like his girlfriend right in a way like i would go to his dinner all i would go to his house all the time for dinner and we would like go and go on these dates and stuff but like if anybody that he knew um like from the mosque like was around we just had to be very like platonic like oh this is like my friend right so um there was one time he invited me over with some of his friends for tea but it was very awkward because i couldn't show any kind of emotion or like no affection towards him whatsoever. I was just like this platonic friend. It was very bizarre. Um, yeah, that sounds real weird. It was very weird. And especially because like... Sounds like real junior high. It was incredibly junior high. But he was also like really... I don't want to say he was stunted because I don't think that's fair to him. I think that he just had a different idea of what a relationship was based off of like maybe his cultural background. Sure. Um, and he also had like very strange beliefs about people. <laughs> like he didn't trust women who owned dogs. Me neither. They're <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> like he firmly <laughs> believed that women who owned dogs did so for sexual gratification. Yeah. So I had a lot of like weird ideas about things. Um, and it was incredibly awkward at times because, like, he also, because he was such a staunch Muslim, he, I mean, I say staunch, even though he was having sex with someone, like, outside of marriage and right. was lying and all these other things. But he's, he's cherry picking. He's cherry picking. Like, he didn't drink alcohol, but then he also, like, fucked his employee. But we... Um, <laughs> I don't think it specifically says you can't do that in the Quran. I'm no expert. I'm also not an expert, but you know, maybe we can get someone on the on the pod who knows more than I do. Um, but he was like a very staunch, like he prayed five times a day. We had to plan around that. Um, so, like, if we were, <laughs> there was at least there was more than one occasion where we were in bed together, and then he had to stop what he was doing, what we were doing. Do his absolutions and do his prayer 
and then come back to bed. And I'm just like, this is weird. <laughs> like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I get it, I suppose, if, and I'm not saying like Islam is weird. I'm not trying to like hate on anybody's religion. That's not what I'm doing here. But I think from the perspective of someone who's not in that tradition, and it's like clearly, it's like being so pious, but also so not at the same time. Yeah, that real, really was the- real dogmatic in a way that like, you know, I don't know. I, if we made a list of the things that God cared about, I I don't know if that would be at the top. Yeah, I don't know. But it just was a bit of a mind fuck. Yeah. Also, I got a raise during this time. Well, that's well deserved. <laughs> but he was and I like at the time I had like put on Facebook or something about, oh hey, I got like a raise at work and like I was really excited about it. And he yelled at me because it said that if I posted it online, it was showing that he was giving favoritism. And I'm like, how? No one knows that we're even friends. Like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> so it was um, it was awkward. But my late father uh, loved him. Because oh, loved this guy? Loved this guy. You, because he was buddies with your dad? He wasn't buddies with my dad, but he would like send homemade like soaps and lotions and stuff to my dad. <laughs> Cause he would like, that was like a side business was like, he would like make hand- homemade lotion. And so I would send it, he would like send it to my dad and my dad like would use it. And he would like, Oh, tell so-and-so that I said, hi, and that he's great and blah, blah, blah. And then when I moved back to Michigan, now, mind you, I had tried ending things with this dude several several times um because i knew it was like not good i knew it was not good for me it was not good for him it was just like a bad a bad situation all the way around okay so and every time i would try to end things like it never it never came to fruition like he would always some well partly because i was like working for him right and then I did eventually get a different boss. I will say that. Like about two-thirds of the way through our relationship, I got transferred or he got transferred to like another team right? at the organization. So I ended up getting a different boss. So then it wasn't so bad, but – or so uh, dangerous, I suppose. But um, But I kept like – trying to end things because I just it was just I wasn't happy and I'm like this doesn't make sense and also he kept trying to like get me to marry him it was just all these things happening and I wasn't here for it but he just like wouldn't take no for an answer um and it's not like I could block him because I still worked with the guy right um and it took me moving back to Michigan moving across the country for him to finally get the picture that, yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually done. So, um, 
so I don't, I don't recommend, I don't recommend getting into relationship, not just with someone you work with, but definitely not someone who is your superior because it makes things real awkward and it makes things uncomfortable. And I don't think I was being taken advantage of, you know, that's always like the conversation that people have, like, oh, you're, it's a, it's an abuse of power because they, you know, they can hold your job over your head if you don't provide, you know, um, like, uh, I forgot what the, the terminology is in HR, but, um, it's, it's like a, a thing, like sexual harassment sure. or whatever. And I never felt that way because I was an, a willing participant to it for the most part up until I tried breaking up with him. But, uh, I don't recommend it. Uh, if you can avoid it, do. If you actually have feelings for this person, uh, I would say try to get transferred or something. Like if you think that you're, it's an actual relationship potential, get moved to a different department or something. <laughs> don't. I don't know. I don't really have a ton of advice other than uh, don't do it. Um, but look how much you learned. I. <laughs> Older and wiser. I could say that about a lot of things uh, <laughs> right? I've made in my life, particularly when yeah. it comes to relationships. It's actually really funny because I told my roommate at the time uh, about what was going on. And she's like, Nassim, this is a terrible idea. Like, what are you doing? And I remember I ha- we had this like message board, like a chalkboard message board in the kitchen (laughs) and i remember writing on it consequences be damned (laughs) well and i left it up there and i just (laughs) near the end of the relationship i was like bitching to her about it and she just pointed to the board she's like (laughs) i told you like yeah i know i know um but you know as my husband says don't shit where you eat and don't fuck where you work. So that's the lesson to be had. Well, goddamn. I yeah. I don't know. We're, here, let me ask you this. Please if ask you, me questions. Okay. If you could go back in time, would you just not do it? Ooh. My gut instinct is to say, yeah, no, I wouldn't have done it. But if I didn't do it, I wouldn't, A, have a story to tell. And B, I think I did learn a lot. Uh, right. From you just experience. would have fucked some other boss of yours. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just very, and it was always like, missionary in the dark he refused to turn the lights on um he uh also i want want him on the show so bad there's no chance in hell Um, (laughs) and he also listen uh, home health manager if you're listening (laughs) he doesn't work there anymore well he probably manages some other home health business maybe you reach out to me sir okay um I'm the one that checks the email first. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, he. So it was always missionary in the dark, 
There was no oral sex of any kind. What? Yeah, no. Did you try? Yeah. Did he say that's not how God wants it done? More or less. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, very much. uh, It was very vanilla. You and I have very different opinions of what God wants for us. I think that most of us have different opinions than about what God wants for us. Uh, if there is a God, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's as pre- uh, dogmatic as that. Right. Um, so, if there is a God, his top priorities are definitely pray at exactly the right time every day, pointing the exact right direction, and no blowjobs. Listen, I'm not. I am not here to dispel anyone's faith. No, That's I'm agreeing. Not- that's not what this I'm is on board. about. On board, on board with what? With that guy's religion. <laughs> it was just like so not what I wanted or was looking for, <laughs> but I was so, I think, desperate for attention and desperate for some kind of connection, even if it wasn't exactly what I wanted or was looking for. It was something. And I think Listen, we've all been there. I am pro-adventure. I think more experiences are better than less experiences. I think if you don't feel like you were in a position that you were being taken advantage of, and you were a willing it, adult consenting to the situation at the time, then I'm all for it. If you want to try something, try it. I regret all the stuff I didn't try. I almost don't regret any of the awesome stuff and super weird stuff and really dumb stuff that I did. Right? And that's kind of where I am. You know, people... So I don't think of myself as having such like a crazy life or have done anything like particularly out of the ordinary or wild. I consider myself pretty chill. But I think some people would look at the things in my life and be like, "Mm, are you okay? (laughs) So... (laughs) I, I I think that I would prefer that. And I, so do I. I actually wish my life was a little bit more chaotic. Um, so <laughs> uh, maybe not chaotic, but more interesting sometimes. So, Well, I find your life very interesting, as do all of our terrible listeners who keep tuning in every week. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, Dan. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the uh, soft version of... Well, I have one more question about this. Yes, please. Was the sex good? I mean, lights off, no oral, but was it good? I mean, he came. So, no. <laughs> it was average. It, so- it sounds like maybe he wasn't on the high side of a giving lover. He was not, I will not, I will say he was not much of a giving lover. It was very, to me, and this is going to sound terrible, to me it sounded, it felt like pretty transactional. Right. I mean, he had a good time. I was, you know, I wasn't bad. You you had nothing better to do. Yeah, I was not not enjoying myself. I was just kind of like, well, I'm here, I guess. My boobs are getting touched sometimes. Like, it's okay. Now, were you dating anyone else during this time ever? Did you go out on a few dates at all? No. Oh, wait. 
No, I don't think I did. Because okay. I felt like, especially because I was still monogamous at this time. And I uh, felt okay, like, well, okay. I'm, I'm with this person, so I can't be with anybody else was my mentality. Seriously. And did you guys ever talk, like have a conversation like we are together? I am your secret girlfriend? Or was it just kind of, kind of, it worked out that way? Uh <sighs> It we have we did have conversations about how we were together, um, especially when I was trying to end things, and there would be times of you know, like I said, he, I think I was his end game of trying to get married. I think I was, um, I think I was like safe for him, that I was a person that <laughs> little did he know I am the last thing but safe. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think he, for me, being with me was just like safety. I was, um, you know, I was young. I was still, you know, potentially fertile. Um, there was all of these things that he could um, invest in with me. Right, but I was not on the same page. Like oh. I had other, I had other things, I had a future that I was looking right. forward to, and I think he was like, you know, he was in his mid forties, and he was like, okay, time to settle, and I was like, settle what? Not no, um, and that was part of the reason why I had to get the hell out. So, well, I'm glad you got out. I'm glad Me? you two are no longer together. Yes. There was a hot minute where we were still like kind of just talking in like a friendly sort of way after I moved back to Michigan, but that quickly fell apart, uh, mostly because I just stopped responding. Right. I will admit, like I ghosted the guy hard when I moved back to Michigan. I just like. Did you tell him you were moving before you moved? I did. He drove me to the airport. Oh, nice. That was nice of him. That was nice of him. Thanks, buddy. And I was crying on my way to the airport. Because I did not want to leave Oregon. It was kind of a, I was leaving under duress <laughs> in, in some ways. Um, uh, and I was crying because I really didn't want to leave Portland. I didn't want to leave my friends. I didn't want to like leave my life. Um, and I really didn't want to come back to Michigan. I did not want to move back in with my parents. And I think he thought I was crying because I was leaving him. Well, it's a nice thought for him. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> I still feel bad. I think sometimes, like, maybe I fucked him up a little bit, but. Well, you know, that's, it, it, it means you're a decent person that you actually have some empathy for uh, what other people might be going through. Yeah. You know, jury's still out on whether or not I, he, t- like, he took advantage of me because he was my boss. Well, I, I mean. Don't... He should not be fucking his subordinates. He knows that. We we all know that. You shouldn't do that at work. If he was really interested in you and he really wanted a relationship with you, he should have made the appropriate arrangements at work to not be your direct supervisor. That's how real bosses handle that, when they try to start banging their subordinates and then fall in love with them and want to marry them. And there you have it. There you have it. And on that note, should we do some questions or what? Let's do some questions. All right. Hey, Nassim. I just lost my virginity to my boyfriend, and it was both our first times. We had to stop at one point because I was hurting so bad. 
On a scale of 1 to 10, the pain I felt was probably an 8 out of 10. I know it's supposed to hurt, and I was expecting it to, but is, this, but is it supposed to hurt that bad? Like, is that normal? I'm really confused and scared that when we do it again, it'll be like that and we'll have to stop. Do you have any tips or advice? Thanks, Nassim. Whoever told you that sex is supposed to hurt, even the first time, was wrong. Sex is never supposed to hurt. Your first time may be a little uncomfortable, and sometimes there is pain. I, I'm not going to say that there's not, um, but it shouldn't be 8 out of 10 pain. Uh-uh. No. Something is wrong there. Um, I'm going to ask you a real, I mean, you can't answer me, but I just want to make sure that your boyfriend put it in the right spot, first of all. Was it going in your vagina? <laughs> um, and also, were you, was there any foreplay involved? Um, you know, if there's not enough lubrication, engorgement, um, wetness, sometimes it can, um, you know, that, that the hole the, is too tight and too rigid and it's not used to something going inside of it. So, um, that's where the discomfort can come from. Um, but it shouldn't be that painful. Should you be worried about it? No, not necessarily. Uh, the next time you have sex, I would just make sure that there's a lot more foreplay involved. Make sure you're really, really ready. And don't be afraid to use lube, honestly. Like, adding some lubrication um, is, there's no shame, no problem with that. Um, now, don't that's also... Don't be afraid to use lube, but don't be afraid to insist your boyfriend go down on you for a while to get you ready, too. Also true. Um, now, that's not to say that, you know, maybe you don't have, uh, and this would be something to look down later down the line if, you know, you continually have pain with sex because there are medical conditions that do cause vaginal cramping and tightening with um with intercourse but i wouldn't and that's something to talk to like a gynecologist about but i wouldn't worry about that just yet if you are just starting your sexual practice um i would be i would advise more um foreplay and making sure that your body is physically ready um but if it continues to happen over and over and over again, then I would consult a physician. Now, I got a follow-up question there. So once you start having sex as a vagina haver, how soon should you be uh, hooking up with a gynecologist? When should you sign up for that? So that's a great question. Um, and I would say that if you are sexually active the very first time there's nothing wrong with going right away um it's actually not a bad idea to go before you have sex the first time there used to be this common idea that oh as soon as you turn 18 you should go see the gynecologist 
that's not necessary because not every 18 year old is having sex. Right. Um, I think it's a good idea to go before to talk to a gynecologist about expectations. What is your body going to do? Um, how to prepare for sexual activity. I think that going to a gynecologist prior to having sex for the first time is not a bad idea. Um, but I think that going, you know, within like three months of having sex for the first time, especially if you had unprotected sex or you're not on any kind of birth control, doing it sooner rather than later would be ideal. Um, just so that way your doctor can get you on birth control or can look at other birth control options if the pill's not a good idea for you. Um, to talk about safety and STDs, STIs, to talk about, you know, potential, uh, you know, vaginal, excuse me, um, vaginal, um, I can't think of the word. Well, vaginal is a big word. So you thought of that one. Vaginal conditions. So things that could affect your sex life. Um, because a lot of these things, we as vagina havers don't typically VH. <laughs> we don't typically know a, a lot about our bodies. There's so little medical knowledge and medical research done on let's say female bodies that um it's, it's a lot of it's a mystery. There's a, lo a lot of information that we don't have that we don't know because our sexual health has not been a priority for the vast majority of history. Our whole job was to have children regardless of what that looked like um, and what our bodies could and couldn't handle or do. So our pleasure not top of the list of things that were important to male medical professionals in the majority of our history. From so, all the males out there, I'm speaking for all of us, gentlemen. Thank you for going through that. We're sorry to have put you through that. And we're here to support you and to do everything we can to support research into female and vagina having bodies. Moving forward, we've all just said it. I said it for all of us. We all agree. And we're ready to move forward with that. Sorry, well, sorry to cut you off. Continue, please. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate that. And I think a lot of us do. Um, so because of that, we don't know a lot. And so um, and that's why it's one of the reasons why masturbation is so important. It's one of the reasons why, you know, taking a little um, handheld mirror and looking at your vagina and looking at your vulva is so important. Know what's down there so you know how to handle it. So that way you can tell somebody else how to handle it. Um, all of that, super important. But go to a gynecologist as soon as you can. Ask the questions. Get information. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is agency. Um, and having a lot of knowledge can allow you to have a lot of pleasure. And having a good connection with the right physician, a physician you trust, is such a great resource when things go wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. At you least you're not freaking out because you have nobody to talk to. Right. And having a physician or medical professional that you can trust is so key because you want to be able to go into that office without any kind of fear of judgment. And I know that can be really difficult, especially when you're talking about intimacy, because there is always a fear that 
oh, this person is going to judge me and my behavior, which unfortunately does happen. Um, so it's really important to find a, a practitioner who um, you can be open and honest with. I have one more question. If you're looking for birth control as a vagina haver, can you get that from like your family practitioner or do you have to go to a gynecologist for that? You can get it from your family practitioner. Okay. Um, gynecologists will just have more options available to you. Right. Um, but if and... you're like 14, 15, 16, and you want to be on birth control, you can just talk about that with your family doctor while you're there for a checkup and mom's waiting outside, right? Yes. It depends on the state, too. Fair enough. Um, some states do require permissions from a legal guardian before a certain age, and that age depends on the state. Um, fun fact, this is not sexual health related, but um, in the state of Michigan, I can't speak for Illinois, sorry. Pure I found Michigan. this out, <laughs> but I'm pure Michigan. I'm from Michigan, so this is relevant. If you are 16 years old, you can seek out mental health services without the permission of a guardian. So, hey, Michigan. I found this out from someone who's a therapist in the state of Michigan um, because a lot of kids are afraid to go to their parents or they can't talk to their parents about their mental health. Um, and I just want to put it out there since I have this platform, since we have this platform, it's really important. If you're in the state of Michigan and you need mental health services and you're under the age of 18, you can seek mental health services without your parents consent the only trouble is the only thing is if you don't want your parents to know about it that means you can't use their insurance so you'd have to pay for it out of pocket unfortunately but there are services available for you if you're a teen who needs mental health help use them there are community resources available as well use them find them they're important man and there's no problem going to a therapist. Your life will be better if you see a therapist. And you your need somebody to talk to. Right. Get to one. Yeah. No shame a in little, that. A little tangential, but I felt it was important to add. Big shout out to my therapist. I don't think he listens. <laughs> but if you do, thanks for all your hard work. Big shout out to my therapist. Oh, wait, I don't have one yet. Still working on it. <laughs> well, you're over 16. You're in the state of Michigan. And... You could certainly do that without your parents' consent now. So I suggest you try, Nassim. Thanks. Even though you're in Illinois right now. Sorry. I am currently in Illinois. That's okay. (sighs) Hey, Nassim. I'm a 28-year-old male, and I have a girlfriend, and I've been with her for about a year. I've been having a hard time coming when we have sex, and I don't know why. I typically don't have this problem with past girls I've been with. Is there any way to fix this? I mean... That's you're not coming at all, or it's just taking you a while. That's um, hard time, hard time coming. It could be a couple of different things. Um, it could be that uh, you're just not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right, I'll take this one. I'll take this one. You take this one. I'll take. Listen, buddy. First of all. 
I mean, clearly you perceive this as a problem. So we'll proceed that this is a problem. Is this a problem for your girlfriend? Is she enjoying this? Start there. Make sure that she's having a good time. And do you want to come? Do you want to finish? Is that the ultimate goal here? Or you just want to have a good, enjoyable time with your girlfriend and get her off? Don't forget that she's an important part of this equation. And if your girlfriend's happy, man, that's pretty good. You should you should be proud of that. So you don't have to come every time. If it's hard to come, well, try a bunch of different stuff. Try some different things. Have her lick your earlobes if you haven't done that. Who knows what you like? But if she's happy, she'll be down to try a bunch of weird stuff with you. And I say try the weird stuff. I'm talking earlobes. I'm talking armpits. I'm talking sucking on thumbs. Who knows? That spot behind your your knee? Maybe you're into that. But try them all. How's that? That was perfect, Dan. I completely checked out. Like My mind went straight (laughs) up blank. Um, My mind went to (laughs) earlobe licking, and I just never came back. Listen. The earlobe licking's not a bad game. It's not a bad move. Because um, <laughs> you're, you're right. And also, like, you know, coming is not the end-all be-all. You don't have to to have a great time. Right. And can you come um, when you jerk off in her presence? Then maybe you finish that way. As long as she's happy, man, she's going to be down to let you try all sorts of shit. Right on. Absolutely. Um, as long as she's happy and as long as you're getting something out of it, too. I don't. I wouldn't think of it as a problem. No, man. Sex doesn't have to be a dick goes in a vagina and then an orgasm comes from the dick. There's all kinds of different ways to do it. So figure it out. Make sure your girlfriend's happy. Love it. Hey, Nassim. Me and my girlfriend have been together for four years, and I always get off to her wearing panties and lingerie, but recently gave her a pair of my boxers, and I'm also into it. I wanted to know if it's normal for me to want to get off and have sex with my girlfriend while she's wearing my underwear. Oh, yeah. That's totally a common thing. There is something very sexy about a partner wearing your clothing. I think a lot of guys are into that because it's this idea that, oh, she's in my stuff. It's kind of like a weird, like, ownership territorial kind of thing. I think it's part of it. And it's really hot to to a lot of guys to see their partner wearing like their shirts or their boxers. Um, that is completely normal. Yeah. And usually they're like half naked or mostly naked. Like, you know, you see the, the, the movies where the girl's wearing the dude's dress shirt the next morning, making breakfast. And that's all she's wearing. Like it'd be weird if she, not weird. It'd be different if she dressed up in his whole suit and went and made breakfast. Probably a little less sexy most of the time for most people. Maybe that's your thing. Write us a letter. But, I mean, if your girlfriend's just wearing your boxers, that's pretty hot. If she would put on your, like, pants and, I don't know, your shitty old t-shirt, and then, like, the boxers were just peeking out the top of the pants, probably less sexy. I don't know. I could could see that as being pretty hot, too. Mm, That's kind of like that uh, uh, TLC look from 1993. Yeah, totally hot. <laughs> Fair enough. I stand corrected. Thank you, T-Boz. I was all about Left Eye myself. Real sad when she passed. Yeah, we miss you, Left Eye. Hey, Nassim, I work on ships and often have a bunk bed in my cabin. It's empty, so privacy isn't the issue. It's more the logistics of doing it in a bunk bed. So any advice or suggestions on positions we could try? Man, bunk bed, twin bed sex is the fucking worst. <laughs> um, 
just don't do it on the bed, man. Um, one yeah, option. Have, have you ever been on a ship? I have not a moving one. Other I than imagine, like a ferry across like Lake Michigan, sure, but not like a ship ship. I've never been on like a cruise ship or anything, but I imagine like if you're working on ships and there's a bunk bed in your cabin, those quarters are pretty tight. I can't imagine that there's like an awful lot of room. Like I feel like it's it's got to be like maybe about two feet bigger than an airplane bathroom. Yeah, I'm not so sure because the only time I've actually been on like a ship ship uh, was there was like a haunted boat tour back home, like the like the USS Edson. It's like this decommissioned ship, and now they do like haunted boat tours every Halloween. Well, that sounds cool. It's pretty cool, but like the barracks of this thing, it's like it's just like rows of yeah. beds on top of each other in this narrow hallway. I've been on the World War II submarine tour at the Science and Industry Museum, and there ain't no room to fuck in those bunks. I mean, there's barely room for me to squeeze my fat ass into one of those beds. So if that's what we're talking about, if you want to have sex, wait till Fleet Week and go to a hotel. <laughs> like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Well, however you could do it, do it, man. Don't do it on the boat because it's just going to be a bad time for everybody. Um, okay. Do it on the boat, but it's going to be tight. It's How, be however you can rub, you rub. But if you're talking like, I mean, I don't know. If you're talking like a bunk bed that has some amount of space, uh, my, the only thing I can think of, honestly, is like have have your partner like leaning up against the bed with like her head down and then you fucking them from behind. Like that's the only thing I can think of where you're standing on the edge of the bed to make that kind of space work for you. Because I can't imagine there's enough room on a ship to get any kind of action. Just wait till you're on shore. Yeah, wait till you're on shore. If there's any listeners who have maritime funny business experience, (laughs) let us know. Oh, man, maritime funny business would also be an awesome name for this episode. So we're going to save that for when you get your letters in. So listeners who have worked in commercial shipping and have had sex whilst out to sea, you're who we need to hear from. Absolutely. I might even know somebody. I'll get back to you. Yeah. Get them on the pod. Hey, Nassim, some guy told me they want to lick my navel. Is that normal? What's normal? Right. Like, sure. I mean, if he's into it, if you're into it, do it. If you're not into it, don't. Try it. End of story. Maybe you're into having your navel licked. You had no idea. Where's that other guy with the earlobes we were talking to? Maybe call him up. (laughs) Hey, Nassim, I get too wet during sex. At this point, this is a problem for me because I get to the point where I don't feel anything at all, and it's not pleasurable. This issue bothers me right now, and also my boyfriend, as he also doesn't feel any pleasure. I encountered this issue with different partners, and at first I thought maybe their size wasn't right. But I excluded that option, and this is not the problem. What can I do to not get this wet and to feel something at all? I would talk to your gynecologist, because it sounds like there's a physiological thing happening. Um, You may have an excess 
of hormone um, and that can cause an increase of of moisture so uh i yeah i would talk to a gynecologist who has a little bit more or a lot more knowledge that i do on the topic um it may mean that you get put on some medication it may mean that you have some pelvic floor exercises um you could have for all we know you could have some sort of infection like vaginosis or something like that bacterial vaginosis which can cause um certain levels of discharge i mean we don't even know what the wetness is necessarily um is it just vaginal is it coming from your bladder like do you know where it's coming from is it just during sex or is it are you always kind of wet down there um yeah definitely talk to a gynecologist and also sex doesn't have to be just a penis in a vagina and then somebody comes play around some other ways if you're not getting the kind of pleasure that you want with what you're doing also true lick some earlobes or navels hell yeah hey nasim i'm currently in a relationship and want to give my boyfriend head i know that the more i do it i'll improve but i don't want it to be terrible the first time any tips or tricks ask him what he likes yeah um every guy likes something different i mean there's some basic stuff that i think every guy finds more or less pleasurable but if you want to be really good for that person you're going to need to have to know some specific details about what they like do they like more um do they like more licking or do they like more sucking do they like a little bit of teeth some guys like some teeth um do they like their balls played with don't they like their balls played with um find out some of those things and that can give you a better idea. Um, generally speaking, there are more nerve endings at the tip or near the head of the penis than there are near the base. So especially if you're not used to giving head, um, don't try deep throating because like it's it's not as pleasurable as it's a little varsity. You don't want you don't want to do that the first try. Yeah, it's and it's also like not as pleasurable as pornography would make it seem. Like spend more time on the tip of the head, I think. Um most guys appreciate that. Um but like yeah, deep throating is like a that's like a more of a master level move. Um but yeah, ask the questions. Ask things like, "Hey, what do you think you'd like? You know, can I can I play with your balls?" Uh you know, and it's it's going to be different for every guy. Listen, Nassim, that's, that's a great answer. <laughs> but here's what you do. You tell your boyfriend, hey, you're super hot, and I want to put your dick in my mouth. Go hop in the shower, come on back, and then I'm going to try it, and you're going to tell me if you like what I'm doing or if I should do anything different. He's going to get super excited. You're going to make sure it's clean. Like, you don't know what he's been doing the last three days. He could be playing like three rounds of basketball and then. Right. Boys can get gross. Boys are gross sometimes. So Often. My <laughs> wife will attest to that. So, yeah. No, like, like, make sure he's clean. Tell him to go get clean because shit's going to get rad. And then it's 
fine to say it's my first time. Let's like, oh my God, that would be awesome. That would be the most fun first time ever. If someone was like, I'm about to do this, go get your dirty ass in the shower. Yeah. And I think there's something very, uh, I mean, like you're alluding to Dan, there's something very exciting for a guy to know that like, oh, she, she's going to do this for me. And it's, it's going to be her first time. Like there's something very like, there's something very exciting about that process. Or like, yeah. Tell him before the date. Tell him, tell him like when he comes and picks you up and you guys are going to a party or going to the movie, be like, we're coming back. And I'm going to suck your dick. Yeah. They, he's got like three, four, five hours to be stoked about that. I have pulled that move myself. Solid. And let me tell you, it's always a good time. I'm like, you know, especially if you're in a really innocuous area, like a very vanilla, like let's say you're like at a party or something, or you're out to dinner with your parents or something you, oh, you yeah. say something oh, yeah. like in your in his ear like where no one can hear you just be like i'm gonna suck your dick later and it's like amazing <laughs> well your dick's gonna be in my mouth later get ready like something like that yeah. perfect they love yeah. that I don't, I don't think we would finish any stronger than that i mean not yet <laughs> Nassim wants all her terrible listeners to know that although she is a medical professional, she is not your medical professional. This podcast is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, please seek out your very own healthcare provider. Terrible Sex with Nassim is part of the Terrible Podcast Network.